Hello everybody, it's Friday night and that means it's weekender time once more. And in the middle of this dystopian week, I am joined by three dystopian colleagues, Warren, Ben and Justin. Join me to go through this week's news that's caught our eye. On top of that, one lucky subscriber will be in with a chance to win a copy of Bolt Action Island Assault, the two-player starter set from Warlord Games, courtesy of store.ontabletop.com. To be in with a chance to win, you need to pop a comment below, be a subscriber to the channel, and if you do all the social media doobly-doo bits, that really helps us out. But otherwise, sit back and relax, because your weekend starts here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Weekender. We've got a Warren. Yeah, <laughs> baby. People have been no, wondering I'm... where you are for so long, Warren, and we've had to tell them that you were meant to be on the show all the time, but you just couldn't find your way to the computer. But I see you've finally got like glasses. <laughs> I have been servicing the cultists. So have I been servicing the cultists on XLBS? Yeah, I will I admit, right? If you're watching this and you've never seen it, XLBS is probably my favorite show that we ever do because it's very free flowing. I don't get hit with these big, it's like jazz detailed running orders that I get uh, for, that. for for these. None, none of our tightly scripted no, stuff. Yeah, yeah. full on waffle. Uh, so XLBS is is, is is probably my favorite show. So if you if you haven't already, come across come across become one of our cult. Join the cult games. Join the cult games and get stuck in XLBS. Eh? Way to do it. Thirty day free trial. Don't forget. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, forget a free trial. Just pay. Just pay. And come and join us. Oh, you can <laughs> before you get stuck in the cult. Warren, first it's free, man. It's way oh, well. cheaper than a cup of coffee now, and it's way cheaper than being verified on Twitter. So, you <laughs> know, true. it's perfect. So. Dude, <laughs> it's been dystopian wars week. It mm. has. Yeah. And I am finally getting a chance to sit down to build some dragons. Ah. Bu building your, oh, Tang Ting. Yeah, it's a Tang Long. Tang Long. Yeah. Tang Long. something in there. Actually, Warren, um, there, there's some new stuff that's came out in the office that might make its way out to use in for more. Empire are they the tentacles? Yet. Yes. 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 The they're, they're in the box. They are. They are earmarked for you. <laughs> yes. I. I. I am desperate. I, so, right. Here's here's where I'm at with this. Right. So, the the Lloydy has went with the French, uh, in dystopian wars. And that makes me happy to my core because <laughs> I am going to challenge Lloydy and destroy him with my <laughs> tentacles. So in the Empire fleet, so it's Empire as in the Chinese and the Orientals, mm. right? Um, <clears throat> I really like it because it gave me it gave me a couple of opportunities. One opportunity is to try these new, new <laughs> old but new to me, um, flip paint uh, yes. spray cans from Green Stuff World, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I've got this kind of like a goldy ready kind of flip painty thingy going on. So I'm going to give I'm going to give that a go. So it'll make all my stuff look magical. Right. Uh, no. 
Just a quick technical note for those flip paints for you. Just in yes, case you, you put know. them onto a black gloss coat. I know. Yep, I know. That's that's useful for everybody else out there because if they went and bought them and it didn't work, it's just like Warren said this would work. That's that's terrible. You're it's right. Terrible. Warren's terrible. Important <laughs> safety tip there, Egon. Yeah, thanks for that. Right. Also, also, and this is where it is. It gets really, really cool. Right, the Empire fleet has it has ships. That's great, but it has mechanical beasties oh man so i get these colossi i get these flying dragon dudes right and i also get these mechanical squiddy tentacle things of awesomeness oh man what is not to like about that so so the french fleet yes skip out of the water it can it can semi-fly so yes. it's the idea to come up from below with your tentacles, shock them out of the water right. into the air, and then the dragons can burn yeah. them down. Is that it? Oh, Is it? Mate. You know yeah, my tactics. Warren pops up and the French go, Quillifair. Oh. It's that <laughs> and the fact that I know Lloydie has a certain fear of tentacles. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ever since we watched a show, it was an anime show. And it was called uh-huh. And there's a scene in it where there's a monster I think and he's attacking something and he goes, yeah, I have tentacles as well. And I just say it's classic. And it really, really impacted Lloydie. Um, so now <laughs> if I get tentacles on the table, I have a distinct psychological advantage <gasps> and it's great. Do you know the worst thing I did this week? Go on then. I actually did some grown up kind of adulty kind of stuff oh, that's dumb. You, wait you adulted i did so we're running a themed week on mm. dystopian wars dystopian wars is a full-on war game okay correct um there there, there are loads of options there's eight factions there's the full-on fleet it is a hobby it is something you can really get stuck into and explore all sorts of things but when we're doing a themed week it all goes by very very quick so it, those two things kind of meant that there needed to be a big squidgy me in the middle <laughs> to bring it all together. So what I did was I created um, quick force guides. I don't know if you can find one and bring it up because I'd love to show you it. I'm, I'm very proud of these. Yeah, I'm very I, proud of these. I have one question, Warren. Where's my union? Uh, it's on the way. If so, it isn't out already, it's by very the time you're watching it, it might actually be out. Mm. So yeah, yeah. By the time this is out, it may well be there. Um, so so you can see that. Grab your quick in. start force lists there. Mm. Yes. Right. So what I did was I, I thought to myself, look, you know, there's a certain density to um, high end war games. Okay, 40k, um, Flames of War. All of these have this kind of a thing. Whether there's a certain density to to, to get into it. So I thought. I may be able to fast track folk into this. Okay. So what I did was I put my tentacles out and drew in all the knowledge and little bits and pieces into the one, uh, the one kind of quick start guide for that faction. So here's the crown. I had to start with a picture of Jerry. You know, basically what we have is the best looking of on tabletop with the best looking of war cradle. That makes sense, yeah. I will point out to people, by the way, that Chris realized how much of a disparity there was in height 
but that was the lowest chair I could get and the highest chair we could put him on. <laughs> yeah, it, here's the thing, though, Jerry. It left room for the logo. That is true. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that's harsh. Very harsh. Anyway. So anyway, um, uh, so what, what I did was I, I've created eight of these eight army lists, 1,200-point army lists, okay? Mm-hmm. So this is, this is a perfect fleet size to get you stuck in. The first four that I released earlier in the week were based on one half of each of the two starter sets. Sure. Okay. So you could uh, so you could pick up a starter set, and um, you could pick up this guide, and this tells you exactly what to do. So it starts off by telling you what's in the list. I then talk uh, uh, do a little bit on the tactically how you play list because I think that's always important and something that's often overlooked, especially with dystopian wars because there are so many ways you can play fleets if yes. you could have a very srs token heavy fleet or you can build one that's very gun heavy or you know mm-hmm. you, you've got a lot of choices in there so and i think for any new player to a game whether you yeah. whether you're a seasoned war gamer or not to have a set of tips to say look tactically here's how you should approach this i then delve deep into the user uh, the actual assembly guides and i customize the assembly guides to only cover what you actually build for the list so all the options and things like that that you don't need are basically removed okay um uh, so this will take you step by step through how many of each you need to build and what you need to put together and where you find it um on the sprue so that gives you the everything you need for mm-hmm. all of those bits. I then, um, once you get through that, oh, there's a lot in that fleet, isn't it? Yeah, that fleet has a fair bit in it. I then uh, extracted just the vessels that are in that army list, mm-hmm. and I put together these little stat sheets. Now, I increased the font size. <laughs> uh, I do them. I do these things bigger. Uh, because I am getting old and I am really now struggling to read. Um, I've got my new very focals that make me feel really queasy. I've been feeling sick as a dog this week. Everywhere, uh, whenever I'm walking around, it feels like the ground has lifted. So my, my legs are kind of stomping up and down. I look like Pinocchio, like a puppet, kind of trying to walk around. I have, I've actually resorted to just saying, I'm not going anywhere unless Andrea goes with me and she holds my hand <laughs> so as I can actually walk around without falling. If I walk up to a door, the door does this weird thing where it just suddenly kind of leans back and spreads oh, out like this. <laughs> So hang on, hang on. It's all going a little bit Doctor Who, a bit wibbly wobbly timey. It's these. Look, I was saying, to Andrew, these were not meant for human eyeballs, <laughs> but they're on mine, and uh, so be it. But I'm I'm really struggling with reading and stuff like that these days. So um, I suspect I'm not the only one. Nope. Um, uh, because I know that so many of the war games out there now try to tightly compact everything into the smallest amount of space, and I literally can't read it. I literally cannot read it. So I've upped the clarity and upped the the font size uh, on all of these. So you, I just wanted to create you basically like a cool little army book. You can staple it together and just have it at the table and flick back and forth through it. So everything that's in, that's in your list that you need is there. I then pulled only the special rules that your list uses Okay, so um, any special rules that are there are special rules that are just about your list. So, the, the, so again, no hoping through uh, 
a pile as long as you're armed looking for the specifics. Correct. Yeah. Um, uh, so that, that has your special rules that are related to it in there. And then uh, the next uh, thing is uh, I, I brought out all of the weapons that are in your list and put together a weapons table just so as you would have a quick reference oh, yeah. um, of the weapons um, of their range or what the damage they do at the, each of the three ranges and some of the qualities that are attached to the weapons. Mm. Which brings me to the next page that only the qualities that your weapons use, I have pulled into this document as well. So whenever you see a quality, you can go to there and find out just what bomb or broadside mm. or fusillade uh, or fusillade <laughs> actually does. Then um, moving down, uh, the the last thing I do is I, I just pull together a very quick reference. Okay. PRF, so my it's favorite. based, yeah, based on the quick reference that already existed. But again, I'm just bringing it in, just restructuring it, just um, based on what I want to, what I would find easier to understand. So mm -hmm. I have the how the game works. Yep. The the card hand size, and you'll see I encircled the one in green because that's what this list relates to. Yep. You'll notice little signposts. Rulebook page twelve. Rulebook page twenty five. What I'm trying to do is, as you use this, you can start to refer back and forth to your rulebook and start to learn mm. about the wider game and the, and the, the myriad of options and and things that are the, that are ahead of you. So, anything that I felt was kind of useful, I tried to pull it together um, into that last uh, that last little section of quick reference. Arkin range bands are very handy indeed. Oh, and then there's a well, even like the, that, the attributes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, boots and where they live. Mm -hmm. I think this is really handy for people who picked up. I mean, uh, obviously, these first ones we did were based around the two star sets that are available for people. And I know a lot of folks were, uh, in some ways, overwhelmed a little bit with the amount of choice they had within the sets. And I think this is a great way to kind of get over that stumbling block to be like, this is a. There's loads of things for you to choose from, and you can make amazing and diverse and different fleets. But if you want to play this weekend or something <laughs> just get these get these downloaded get the rule book build these and just have some fun with this and then and you'll get your hands it. on and the mechanics and then go from there so and honestly, in my long number of years delving in and out of war games right mm -hmm. one of the things that i've just discovered is sometimes you just have to get stuck in somewhere you know because there are no right or wrong answers when you're dealing with games yep. of these levels of complexity or these levels of uh choice and options yeah, yeah. so uh, there is no wrong or, or, or right answer so uh, so what i tried to do was right there's 1200 point lists um the the next four um uh, again they're not based on starter sets but they're based on just a couple of the, the little battle fleet sets mm -hmm. not a massive um uh, purchase buy-in price uh, to get into these to get into 1200 point uh, lists but these are great starting points and mm. heck if you want to go elsewhere at some point after you've done it that's fine but you've had you've you've had something step by step you've had the legwork done for you you can just get on the table watch the how to play video and bring out your list and your friend uh, your friend's list and you have everything there just to to start battling it out uh, back and forth until you get a uh, build your confidence levels to be able to go exploring because i, I think that's what it's about just building a little bit of confidence and giving people um step easy, by step. easy access yeah. point 
because yeah, there there is so much in there. I mean, uh, I built a crown fleet for Chris coming over, uh, and I actually built it from two of these boxes. Uh, so it was the Victory and the oh something else fleet. I can't remember what it was now. And I built so much, and I went, oh, we've got you know here's some extras we can pick from Chris. And he looked at it, and went, there's about three thousand points there. And I went, is there? <laughs> and uh, apparently I'd gone slightly overboard, um, as is my want in hey. life. Uh, but yeah, so it's it's surprising how quickly you can put a fleet on the table at a big game size with any of these boxes. I mean, yeah. pretty much the, the two starter ones are like 1200 points, which is a, a sort of a standard game. You you could get away with buying those and never adding to that fleet or oh, yeah. you can, you can start going completely nuts or, you know, adding extra bits and pieces in like, um, either more frontline squadrons. So things like the, the Tottens that, um, Justin filled me up with, or, hey, 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 or hey, using that all wasn't the, even a maxed out unit. That was see, you know, <laughs> definitely, definitely filled. Well, and, and hang on, Jerry, you with your torpedoes, all the torpedoes. Yeah, they did very little in comparison. Here's the thing about war games. War games, war games need to reach a tipping point. Mm-hmm. Um, at which point they become, um they become really sticky. They become something that you can really start to get stuck into. Okay. Mm. What I like about dystopian wars is it's been kind of bubbling in the way in the background this last few years, building up the factions, building up the, the, what are some really beautiful, um, plastic sprues? Mm. Like the models are lovely, uh, on a lot of this. I don't like all of them, but guess what? I don't need to like all of them. I just need to find the ones that I do like. (laughs) And I have, but what is cool now is you're absolutely right. 1200 points, pick up one of the two starter sets. So one is a bit more kind of air orientated. The other one is, is much more naval orientated. Pick up whichever one fancy you, you fancy, right? Hmm. And then on the way are the beyond boxes. Now this is something I credit Justin for. Nobody else in the world credits that fellow with it, but I credit him with it because he came up with the whole concept of battle box and beyond. Yeah, many which many, was many basically ago. something we did we we've been talking about for many many years for Infinity and other games was basically look, this is your your battle box and then here's the next thing you can buy to the, that is designed to add to that. Yep. So there's going to be four beyond boxes. Um, two per starter set that then flesh out um, uh, those fleets. So um, I think on the Imperium fleet, there's like the big stompy robot. The Hawkmeisters. Why would you be in a boat when you can be a robot? Yeah. I know. I know. With with excluding bugs. With what you've created here, it does something that I think is incredibly important for a war game. It gives every one of your friends group a balanced experience coming into the game together. Because say you don't like what's in the two-player starter boxes, it doesn't matter because the other four factions have been catered for with this. Yeah, yeah. So even if it's, say, it's three of you, and it's just like, oh, well, we're going to split the starter box, and there's you on the outside going, well, what do I do? Well, here you go. Grab whichever of the factions you like and go nuts. Yeah. Look, it, it really is a case of, you know, this is, this is not something... Um, that was just inspired by dystopian wars. This is something that I've been thinking on and off about for probably for the last few years. You know, it's um, you'll know I devil or de- delve a little bit uh, behind the to? scenes in game design, right? And, and part of the reason I do that is to keep my hand in on terms of how you communicate 
about a game because a game is not an easy thing to to communicate because more often than not you have a number of um, mechanics that are syn- that are in synergy to one another and you can't communicate them all at once you have to try and find your ways to break it down step by step this just was an opportunity where i i, I just thought right I'm going to do it. I'm going to have a crack at this and see uh, see if I can produce these guides. And will I'll people? Show you, I'll show useful. all of you. <laughs> yeah. Thing, yeah, yeah. I, I will. I will do it. I believe in this concept, and I believe in this concept for um, uh, for a lot of the fantasy games out there. For 40k, is crying out for one. Hmm. So yeah, we have the eight basics in place. Um, uh, and that may be it. That may be the only ones we ever produce. I'll, I'll, I'll look at keeping them up to date because, um, the rule set, um, uh, does get regularly looked at by war cradle and by the war host community that they have yeah. on discord. So, um, I, I will, I'll do my best to keep them up to date. I'm tempted to do, to try two other things. If the community at large finds these things useful. One is create the beyond lists mm-hmm. for the four uh, for the two two player starter sets, mm-hmm. so that if you got the two player starter sets and the each of the beyond yeah. uh, products there, that you would have a list from start to finish. You know, the same thing again, but just on a bigger scale to get you up to that two thousand points or where or wherever it would take you. And then the other thing I want to I want to do is I want to put a challenge out to those guys out there that um, are really into their dystopian wars, right? So the guys at the kind of the top end, okay? I would love to hear from some of you if you would be willing to work with me to create a signature list based on your experience and your thoughts. So if there was a really top end empire player out there, okay, and this is this is um, this is like the old uh, no, Magic the Gathering tournament winner decks. Yes, yeah, well, this, this so, is but, like they, but this is this places. is there's no there's no limit to uh, to what people have to buy. If they have to buy a battle fleet set for one model, I don't care because this is a different kind of list. This is your, your hot take list, yeah. a signature list. So if you are really, really into your dystopian wars, okay. Um, or if you know someone, nominate them, get the, get me in touch with them because uh, I would love to do this as some <laughs> signature, just a, a signature lists based on, on some real, up their expertise because i think that would be interesting because you could take your initial list and you build it and get into the game and then you could have a look at a signature list and start to get a feel for uh, the difference like for example a signature list is probably not going to have three or four points in the tips on how to play this list there will probably be some detail and chunk there mm-hmm. that you'll be able to look at and go, oh, yeah, there's the, the, many the more synergies in this synergies than I, the, than I first yeah. thought. So, yeah. um, so yeah, if you are, if you are a seasoned dystopian wars player, see, and see, son, <laughs> um, reach out to me. Um, because I'm thinking a couple of, couple of three, four, five, maybe eight <laughs> signature lists, could be a hell of a lot of fun. Um, 
to 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 make and for people to to be able to download and aspire to mm-hmm. aspirational stuff. Sweet. Right. Warren, let me guess. If people are looking to get in touch, I'm guessing click the Discord link below. No, just talk to him on the Cult of Games XLBS. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> Come over, join us there. Come over, pay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to. I just wanted to point out as well. Obviously, one of the things that you were talking about there, Warren, was the idea that this is kind of the way to start playing dystopian wars. That oh, it's hub, a way. But well, it's sorry, a way. this is a way to start. But if you are interested in the game, that hub is going to be there forever so if you're coming at this you know a couple of weeks down the line a couple of months down the line and you're watching this video for whatever reason and you want to dive in and check out and learn how to play mm. there's all those videos there there's all those faction guides there's painting guides there's everything that you can yeah what we're going to try to do here is we're, we're it's something so on tabletop.com is based around this big game database okay and you can go into you can go to the games button click it and you can search for games and then when you go into it you go into what we call its hub that game hub um, and that game hub has ratings reviews it has any content that we have created and stuff like that around it and any of um we have some external creators that we're kind of working with now to to, to embed in there as well but what we're looking to do now and uh, dystopian wars will be um will be one of them we, we want to do this for some of our main favorite kind of war games is we're going to expand that hub experience um to have a very much a here's your starting point okay uh, here's an interactive starting point where you can go in and uh, learn how to play watch videos about each of the factions to help you make a decision in this case, download some quick start force guides mm-hmm. um, to get you started. Um, watch a more advanced game. Um, so yeah, so it's something that over the next few weeks, we, you know, because we do these themed weeks, we've been doing them for many, many years. Um, but what I want to do is, is I want to try and make the next series of themed weeks that we start to produce over these next uh, this next year evergreen, much more evergreen much more accessible so that if you're coming to it at any point or if you uh, a new person joins your club your store your friends group um you can basically just go <laughs> i have a spot where you can go and everything you need is there and easy to find so that will be that will be the our next bit of experimentation ben Try, trying to create the ultimate jump off point for games or jump on point well I don't want people jumping off jump before off they've jumped jump on. Jump oh, no, no, no. Whenever, whenever I'm saying jumping off, I'm thinking about, you know, when you're jumping off a plane to go parachuting. Oh, no, never do that. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Normandy, Normandy. No. <laughs> right. Well, that's okay, Justin. You won't get me on a plane. So, but jacking off, <laughs> no, that's a whole different story. <laughs> oh, no, hey, Warren, I remember the last time I saw you on a plane. The headrest in front of you, man, I felt bad for it. I was just like, mm, you crutch. <sighs> Man, it is, you know, people don't realize how hard it is to be me. <laughs> me on a plane, you will literally see white knuckles because I spend almost the entire flight hanging onto the headrest in front of me, squeezing and gripping with my head down, looking at the floor, mm. sensing every millimeter of turbulence. Like, I mean, there is far more turbulence when you're driving a car. You could not put a drink down if you were driving a car. It would go all over you, right? Mm. Uh, an airplane has a fraction of that turbulence, but if I'm sitting on an airplane, 
<laughs> the tiniest little movement. An air hostess farts at the front of the plane and I feel it. You know, it's like, oh, man. Yeah, but th th this is why. Stop you, it, you, Justin. You're taking me to a bad place. And I've just uh, well, been in a great place. Well, well, well here, here, because you always have Dr. Jack when you're there. Yes, I self-medicate with some Dr. Jack, yes. And I do join him. <laughs> this is what you're missing on Cult of Games, XLBS. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit more on topic and on brand than we normally are on Cult of Games. But, right, shall, shall we break into the most important part of the week? Which is, of course, our Indie of the Week. Oh, oh, oh. Didn't I didn't know you were going to do it, though. I didn't know you were going to do it. Can I do it? Can I do it? It's been too long. Am well, I allowed to do it? Sure. Everybody, it's time for Indy. Oh. Indy. Indy. Oh. Indy. Indy of the week! <laughs> oh. And this week, we're going to be looking at it after the news. <gasps> oh, shit! <laughs> so I did all that for nothing! The bell oh, attention! But what I do want to what I do want to say before we get to that, because the end of the week later <laughs> on is a kind of a, a blend of indie and three D printing, so we're we're putting it there. But uh, does that mean we call it printy of the week? Yes. Yeah. Or, okay. Or, or indies are the shiz. <laughs> or indies are the shiz. Yes. It's, it's tied up too. Uh, but what I would would like to point out is uh, a couple of our previous indies, um, and along with a couple of other indies that we haven't looked at yet. Yes because there's a lot out there, uh, have got together to do a thing called Indie Winter. Uh, so currently, there's a, a set of stores, so Bad Squiddo, uh, so Annie over there. We have Exit 23, do some fantasy football, and also have some interesting bits and pieces with the likes of Turbo Dork Paints. Uh, Fenris, purveyors of Old awesome, oh, awesome, yes. awesome yeah. fantasy stuff. Uh, some beautiful terrain, and they also import from another indie who's based in America, so they're, they're the UK distributor. Fugu, who are one of Jerry's favourites, <laughs> uh, is is my favourite. Yeah. Uh, and Second Thunder, who I picked the open combat rules up from a little mm -hmm. while ago, specifically for a completely different indie, because uh, I got some miniatures, and I was like, I need rules. I then found <laughs> these, and I was like, mm, excellent. So all of these guys together uh, are currently running a thing called Indie Winter. If you go to any of them and use the code Indie Winter Ten, you'll get ten percent off for all nice. of November. So we're not going to go through those right now. We've done them in the past, or we'll do them in the future. But uh, as as they said, um, support your local basement dwelling uh, single sort of shop owner uh, during the the run up to Christmas. Uh, winter you, is coming. Winter is coming, and if you can throw some money to the little guys, they always appreciate it. Uh, and if one of those isn't to your taste, then why not, you know, find an indie that is to your taste and support them or, you know, get an indie gift for a friend. So I just thought I would throw that little indie winter your way. Like I say, we'll return to the Indie of the Week after the news. Coming to you from the center of Northwestern Europe. Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that you love. It's the news. <laughs> All right, Ben, we are back and kicking off the news with 1984. I want to say, and not the Orwellian version of 1984 we're currently living in. But it was the, the best of times. It was the worst of now. <laughs> 
yeah, so a little bit of quick news uh, from the folks over at Battlefront. Um, they are working on some more stuff for World War Three Team Yankee, but uh, they're going in a slightly different direction and they're heading across the pond, as it were, with a new uh, sort of expansion and releases for models and rule books and everything else um, because later this year in December, we're going to be seeing World War Three Red Dawn played out. Yeah! So this is going to be the Soviet invasion of America, the occupation of America. And then, of course, that means you get to play around the whole Wolverines thing uh, on the tabletop, which will be very fun indeed. Um, obviously, we've seen a lot of things expand and develop for World War Three Team Yankee over the last couple of years. Got a solid baseline of stuff for you to dive into and have fun with. Mm. This is going to be uh, taking things to an entirely new theatre of war. A little bit of guerrilla fighting and all that kind of good stuff as well, which will be fun to see. Um, so yeah, if you're interested, We're going to Patrick Swayze, this that, mother. That's, that's <laughs> the real question. Yes. Will we see Patrick Swayze? And uh, I would love to see a special miniature released with the kind of core set or something when it releases in December. Uh, with Patrick and before any smart arse gets all cocky and says, "Oh, you know, based on recent events, they're going to be easy to beat," the Ukrainians are on their side in this timeline. <laughs> Well, there in we 1984, go. <laughs> Ukrainians would have been coming as well. So we were up against some stiff competition. See, and Patrick Swayze Patrick there, and Swayze. he was the stiffest of all the competition. See, I have a question. Is it the original, the remake, eyes. or the Australian ripoff? No, no, it'll be original. No, it's original. We only the talk about the original. Time, yeah. It, yeah. It's, yeah. you know. There's no it's Chris like Hemsworth here. So that's. The, I loved Red Dawn. <laughs> it's an amazing <laughs> film. Oh, it yeah, was amazing back weirdly, in the day. I watched a documentary about it recently. Yeah. Because that's the sort of thing I get up to. And originally it was written as a anti-war, you know, mad nuclear disarmament is key, you know, mm -hmm. warning from the future. And then they got the script and then they got the director and the director went, yeah, no, none of that. And sort of rewrote it to be a, like a feel good. <laughs> America. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then the U.S. Army went. Actually, this sounds great. We'll give you all the the tanks and bits and pieces that you need. So they got yeah. involved, and then they started making notes like you need to drop that from being like an eighteen. So there's a lot of killing in it, but there's very little blood on screen because uh -huh. in a Top Gun way, they could use it for recruitment for the military. So that so they put money behind it, but they weren't telling people they were putting money behind it. And then uh -huh. somebody pointed out that there was a big Soviet, like I think a T-72 in like the middle of Colorado, at which point the CIA went to visit to find out why there was a T-72 there. <laughs> <laughs> there was all this stuff going on in the background. It's like, it was so realistic prop that somebody thought and wow. CIA were going, why have you got this? They're going, no, it, honestly, it's just like it's cardboard and, and like egg cartons. And they're going, oh, wow. We still need to blow it up. Hollywood <laughs> magic. I, I remember <laughs> driving back from Bally Castle one day and I looked out the left-hand side of the car and it was just, there was a Soviet tank in an open farm shed. I was just like, what's that doing in Ireland? They've arrived. <laughs> they were never far away. But yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm excited to see what Red Dawn does because I, I, I think liked, it'll be really fun. Yeah. I liked what they did with, um, it wasn't actually for Band of Brothers, but they had the, the Tukua sergeants and stuff for um, World War II for the, the 101st. And they, they had very specific rules for the individuals. So you had um, Shifty, the sniper and stuff in Flames previously. So they could if they wanted to, they could do the little Wolverine grip as well as little super, super elite crew. Especially with the new I command cards and things like that for the latest yeah, editions yeah, and yeah, things. Yeah. Yeah. I have to wonder if they're going to maybe lift some of the rules out of uh, the Korean theater for like, you know, hidden ambushes and stuff. I remember years ago, we did some stuff on that. 
I so mean, if you have like arsons and stuff, they already have like rules mechanics. That they all I know is I want that. I want bows with grenade arrows on it. That's <laughs> oh man, this is gonna be awesome! Oh, I can't wait. Imagine fighting through suburban there. America. <sighs> Every McDonald's is. A I'm drive. gonna have to. We'll have to have a gaming day somewhere. Um, and we'll we'll get hot dogs. <laughs> we'll have a, we'll have actual hot, hot dogs, dogs and Budweisers. Ah, <laughs> oh, it'll be great. Right. So that's our red dawn plant. Play it out uh, the back yes. of the truck, and it'll be perfectly. Uh, see, Warren, what, what you do is you organize an event here at the studio. We get in touch with the local cinema. So on the Friday night, we all go watch Red Dawn, and then the next day we're building Red Dawn. Then the Sunday we're playing Red Dawn. <laughs> Dawn of Justice. You could be onto something there. Right. You could be onto something there. Before because the, 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 we have had. Out. Did you know that the Playhouse Cinema has reopened? So uh, the, the look of the look of blank expression across that's, all your faces. Port Rush, Port Rush one. Yes. So in Port Rush, right, we had a little tiny independent cinema that opened in the nineteen twenties or the nineteen thirties. It was called the Empire, and then it was later renamed to the Playhouse. Now, many of us as children um, uh, will, will have been to the Playhouse. For example, that is where I saw the Phantom Menace on its opening night with my little brother and my little sister, my mom and my dad. Mm. And we went to see the Phantom Menace there and I was blown away by George R. Binks. <sighs> Good times. Good times. But anyway, it closed in 2008. Um, it shut down. It had become a shithole. It really had. But it was my kind of shithole. So whenever the cinema was open, I still went to that rather than the big fancy multiplexes. However, it was bought, uh, the complex was bought by a New Zealand chap. And uh, the Kiwi opened a, opened a bar and a grill or whatever. And uh, since 2008, he's been gradually fixing up the cinema. So he's put in new insulation, he's painted it and tidied it all up. It's warm, it's comfortable, and it's now reopened. So just one um, guy from New Zealand doing all this work. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's that's, that's what dudes from New Zealand do, man. They are they're they're they're, they're like hobbits. They do the, <laughs> they do their shit. They know they know how to make nice, warm, cozy places. So it is an independent cinema, which means it is perfect for going uh, to watch uh, Red. This could be boot camp material right here. Just we go and we watch Red Russell. Dawn in the independent cinema. Mm -hmm. We drink a dose of your man's beer in his bar and his grill just to say thank you for letting us watch Red Dawn in his independent cinema. Mm -hmm. And then we come back and we game out Red Dawn while talking about the experience of being in that independent cinema. It could be fun. There's a lot of indies about this week. Yeah. 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 Support your support support your local indies. So yes, you might be onto something there. Yeah. Moving on. Anyway, Time yes. Is. Uh so moving from uh World War Three to World War Two. 
and looking at some Italians. So this is the Italian Bessalari who have come out with a proper release of stuff to kind of boost all the things that came out recently for Bolt Action. But I should say that what we have is a full release of additional stuff that's coming out for the Italians. Um, this is kind of building on stuff and all these things will be available for pre-order and moving into sort of December time, you'll see all these things released. Um, one of the big sets is this wonderful new plastic kit that we have actually had a look at in, in previous um, uh versions of the weekender and stuff. Mm -hmm. We had a look at some of the different options they have for them because you can make black shirts and all kinds of different things. But if you're going to be making the Basiliagi on the tabletop, then you get to have those wonderful, lovely feathers. I am butchering that pronunciation, but who cares? Uh, you get a whole host of different options in there with rifles and SMGs and all sorts of different things uh, for kind of making your core Italian force on the tabletop. But, Very important if you're also planning to do a Lua on the tabletop. Well, yes, of course, yes. <laughs> well, ben, the, the way you're saying that, I, I imagine our Italian-speaking viewers are just like twitching as if you broke spaghetti in half and put it in the pot. Well, I do that too, so... Oh, oh well. you bad evil man. <laughs> it's easier, right? And I've got a small pot. But anyway, uh, in addition to the plastic set that's going to be coming out, there's also a whole bunch of additional metal releases as well. So one of the first of these is the uh, Foo team, um, mm -hmm. which is kind of your sort of artillery spotters and things that you'll be using in the game. So you'll put these up on a ridge somewhere and you will rain down hell on your opponents from afar with lots of artillery. Um, I love the little details they put into these um, sets. Like I love the guy with the little binoculars and then the guy who's reading the map and trying to work out exactly where to fire and everything he like that. Lost. He does. He Where lost. should He's I be like, shooting? <laughs> which way was the cafe again? <laughs> do Do any of you know the significance of the cock's ass on the side of the the the, the thing? I, I assume it's plumage of some description in a. Mm. a well, it definitely um, looks like the the tail feathers of a cock. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it is. Yes. So it does. Yeah. But I'm just wondering why why would you wear that into battle? I don't, I don't understand. Because they have to look fabulous, clearly. I imagine yeah, it's uh, it's a hangover from. Yes, I would imagine you know, it's from World War One and pre previous, previous, previous through. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so whenever you had the the tall hats with the the big big plumage on them, that, that type of thing, you know, they're late when <clears> they've got uh, the cockade on. But them surely, the if they charged into battle, they would always hang right. Surely, having a ass hanging out the side of your helmet would create wind resistance on this side, right, I, I, which would I, gradually rotate you, it's, it, and it's you would end running. up I, almost outflanking yourself. It's a guy running. I doubt if they're worried about aerodynamics. Everybody running is worried about aerodynamics. Have you seen what Olympic sprinters wear? No. All right, I well, I'll I get you one, I, I, and we'll I, model you no, in it. No, 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 no. We're back to scheduling, look, regularly scheduled programming, folks. <laughs> uh, in addition to the metal kit there for your kind of artillery teams, kind of looking ahead and trying to spot out where they're going to be blowing stuff up, you also have the Elefantino 47mm anti-tank gun. Uh, this was another pretty awesome bit of kit for the Italians. Um, it was very easy for them to carry around and set up in different places. So it was really, really good for kind of ambushing enemy tanks and taking them out from afar. Um, and as I say, they were expert gunners and stuff uh, as part of the Italian force here too. So, you know, a lot of those things, a lot of those myths about the Italians, about them just running away and all that kind of thing, that doesn't apply to these elite guys. These guys were proper kick-ass soldiers. Uh, and as we move into kind of one of the next metal kits as well, one of the things I really liked about this one and learning about, the, about some of the history. So this is the 100-17 Modelo 14 Medium Artillery, apparently. Um, nice. And you can get this for the Bersaglieri and also for your standard Italian army. These guys 
weren't just fighting in kind of the Mediterranean stuff. The Italians also did a lot of fighting on the Eastern Front against the Soviets, against the Russians as well. Mm. And one of the interesting things about that that I learned is that these guys were so good at their job that they would basically iron sight firing the artillery at the enemy. So there was no kind of calculations. They just knew what they were doing and could angle the artillery in exactly the right way to take out what was coming towards them, which I thought was amazing. Really cool stuff. But yeah, so if you're looking for some elite Italians to use on the tabletop, mm -hmm. you've got some more options that are available to pre-order right now from the folks over at uh, Warlord Games, and there'll be a lovely addition to your uh, your armies on the tabletop. And also, don't forget, if you want to fight in an entirely different theatre, you could also win that Pacific War set as well that we're giving away this week. Yes, Very cool. if you want to go island hopping. It's interesting to say about the yeah. iron sighting stuff. Um, mm -hmm. When they lost to Brick for the first time, uh, they couldn't get a lot of their, their weapons out, so they broke the gun sights off so they couldn't be used. Uh, and then the Australians just sort of eyeballed it anyway. It's just like, uh, <laughs> Sounds exactly like what they do. Yeah. They weren't artillery <laughs> crews. They were told kind of, you know, get on these guns. We'll use these to stop the incoming armor. It's just like, a big oh, rifle, here's how, you, here's how you reload. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They just kind of point them down range. And I mean, just kind of manhandling it between. When you're sending out high explosives, it's more of a to whom it may concern situation. That's true. That is true. Well, really, it is one of those. If you have it in generally the right direction, you know, it's, scare somebody or hit it's somebody. going to have some yeah. kind of an effect. If you're not getting yeah. kills, you're certainly suppressing or suppressing yeah. um, uh, uh, something. Yeah. It's pretty much how they did it. There's some great pictures of uh, Australians with essentially half smashed up guns that they've been, you know, f sort of press ganging or forced into yeah. using to, to try and defend Tobruk. Hello, so, I heard yeah. a fantastic one from Shay uh, recently. Have you ever heard of Wurcheg, the Polish artillery bear? Yep. I've yes. got one. <laughs> got, got one for Flames of War in 15 mil. They released mm -hmm. one. Yeah. Hmm? You've heard of it, Warren? Yes. Yes, I have. Yeah. yeah. I, I just find it insane that, you know, a Polish artillery crew finds a bear cub, adopts it, feeds it beer and cigarettes, and it just becomes an ammo runt. It, did it not Amazing. get an award at the end of the war or something like that? Or? Yeah, and it, it got put into a, a zoo where Edinburgh. the yeah where the the veterans would actually still come and visit it. And feed it cigarettes and feed it cigarettes. And yeah, <laughs> I thought that was a really cool There's story. There's nothing stranger than the truth when it comes to war. Yeah, but sometimes there are stranger things in fiction. Ben. Uh -huh. yeah. Uh, so moving on to so moving away from smoking cigarettes to smoking laser cut wood. Oh yeah, uh, we have some awesome stuff from the folks at uh, Blacklight Studios. So this is a set of three terrain pieces that are going to be available up until November the 11th. So you've still got time to pick these up, but they are kind of based around the spooky season. Yes, we had our wonderful uh, Halloween okay. show last weekend, uh, but we have a whole bunch of still stuff that is still coming out because it's not time to talk about Christmas just yet. <laughs> uh, so we have three sets. So the first of these is Firehouse number eight. You might recognize where this is from. Um, it is doesn't a have a pole. It, yes, there is a poll, yes. Does the uh, poll still work? <laughs> 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 uh, so it has, obviously, as you can see there, you've got the two different stories, you've got the roof access, you've got the pole, you've got everything, all the doors work on the front and also the shutters on the windows, so you can have some really nice time tinkering around with that and using it alongside some miniatures. Um, as you can see, there's even a few big chain offs there. Um, I think these would be perfect alongside a lot of the kits that you can get from the likes of... Um, uh, 7TV, uh, mm. sorry, Crooked Dice for 7TV and that kind of thing. So you can dive in and have fun busting some ghosts with that building, which I think is quite mm -hmm. nice. Makes me feel good. I would Makes love to do like a, a New yeah. York Metropolis table. I think it, it would be, be amazing. Really cool. I think it would be yeah. really fun to build. Be really good. 
Uh, alongside that, we've also got the Sundown Drive-In Cinema. Uh, so you can is, watch Red Dawn. So you can go and watch Red Dawn. <laughs> uh, so this is obviously, as you can see, a drive-in cinema that you can set up and use on the tabletop. So if you're going to be planning out a proper sort of murder fest uh, in Don't Look Back, for example, from the guys at uh, Black Sight, then maybe this would be a great setting for that. What's really nice about this particular kit is that that screen, you can pop out the middle of it and you can put a tablet in it. So you can run a film on it while you're playing your games. I am going to show my ignorance here, but I want to pop my hand up and ask, what's that from? I have no idea what film this one is from, which is really annoying me as well, which is, really, <laughs> but I'm sure it's from kind of some slasher from the eight, from the seven, well, the eighties or nineties. I would Yeah. So just but, uh, recognized yeah. any of the, the films being yeah. sure. Well, if the if you know what that's from, please yeah. post in the yeah. comments below, because I'm, I'm really curious. I think it's awesome. I think it's a lovely, it's a lovely kit. looking kit. Yeah. I yeah. wonder, could I fit a mini projector into the projection house instead of having to use a tablet so that whenever you reach across, cool. you get the hand shadow on the screen? That, that would be fun. That would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the last of them, uh, the terrain kits that you'll be able to pick up is the Keaton Residence, which hopefully some people will recognize as well. Mm. So this is from Beetlejuice, which is nice. Mm. So yeah, very nice little uh, house set on the top of a hill where some ghostly weird goings on will happen. Just don't say his name three times and you'll be fine. Um, so yeah, you've got a whole bunch of different rooms all detailed inside. You just need to fit it with some scattered terrain and away you go. And obviously while this could be used as some kind of ghostly building for you to sort of play out your adventures in, um, be it as something a little bit quirky, I could see this being used for a whole range of different games. It would be perfect for something like Malifaux, for example. I also think it works really nicely as some kind some kind of Wild West building as well, I think. I think you could fill it with some gunfighters and some undead zombies, yeah. I think, and it would be Wild really West good fun there too. Uh, yeah. Mythos as well. Mythos yeah. would be perfect. Yeah, so all of these are 28 through dead. to 32 mil. Yeah, mm. Walking Dead would also be perfect. Mainly because a lot of the architecture in America in some of these kind of rural places hasn't really changed. Yeah. So it would be perfect for all of that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Put, yeah, put the house once why update exactly. it or adapt it yeah. just keep adding yeah. it yeah I, you know I want that house let's move it 20 miles down the road just exactly. move the whole house yeah. it's fine <laughs> yeah. uh, so if you're interested in, in some sort of ghostly goings on on the tabletop and you're still in the Halloween spirit um, after last week then make sure to go and check those out you've got until uh, the 11th of November to go and pick those up from Blackside sweet to the beat uh, so I've it, done a quick search on yes, drive-ins mm-hmm. okay um, is it the blob? And it could be Greece, nineteen seventy-eight, or The Outsiders, nineteen eighty-three. Um, that sounds more horrifying. Yeah, or Brokeback Mountain, two thousand five. It, it's got such a fifties or sixties sort of. Well, I suppose even yeah, no sort of sixties, seventies retro. It's got that big curved front on it. Um, yeah, that, that I would think it's probably more. Warren's going to be looking that up for the rest of the episode. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you, you just you just continue on. I, I'm just going to have a look here. Doing he, he's uh, he's going to find he's going to find the dead bodies on page two of Google search. I, I'm fairly yeah. certain that there was a um, drive-in in Night of the Lepus, where if you've not seen Night of the Lepus, you really should. That's that's your. I'm all I'm going to say is giant killer rabbits. Is that your home? Is that their homework for? That's their homework. Sure. Go and watch it and be amazed that that was a horror film. Right. Just, I'm just saying, it's the cutest horror film you will ever see. Yeah. Or no, it's a giant bunny. It's eating very small bales of hay. <laughs> anyway, well, yeah, there was a drive-in in Night of the Bleepers. Anyway, right, I digress. Mm-hmm. Infinity. 
Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to be moving on to a little bit of sci-fi stuff now. Um, so these are the releases that are going to be coming out from Colbus Belly for the World of Infinity, which is wonderful, uh, in November 2022. Uh, we're starting things off with a gang buster. Um, as you might have imagined, they like busting gangs. Um, <laughs> uh, so this is a new uh, release for the O12. So if you like your kind of sci-fi space police uh, from the world of infinity, then this is the way to go down. Uh, you've got a really awesome kind of hacker type to sort of dove in there and sort of mess around with everything. And then you even get those two wonderfully cute remotes. They look like little tiny goat bots. One of them's yeah. going to chain you with the tubes. Because goats hands. don't have hands. They've got hands. They're just blasters. Pew, pew. <laughs> or they just punch people in the face no, just punch people so, in the face a lot of, but they're meant to look like hooves aren't they yeah, so yeah. It's like, yeah. But yeah. look at the height of them they're punching below the belt let's be honest because that's, that's a lot of balls being knocked off so, yeah. so <laughs> there we go that's, but yeah um, <laughs> hackers work exactly yeah. uh, so you've got the gangbuster there for the O12 and then alongside that we've also got another sort of well this is a kind of a repackaged pairing um, so this is the Kanren counterinsurgency group for Yujing um, so this again comes with hackers and all that kind of stuff you'd use in your games alongside Yujing forces um, why would you be hacking stuff if you didn't have someone behind you with a very big gun to look True. after you is what I what I say or um, big gun to the back of your head going hack it faster exactly yes that's also the way works. it might go yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, one of the nice things about Infinity, though, is that you've got a really nice selection of very sort of narratively focused missions that you can dive into. Mm-hmm. And Diafo's mission pack number 11, yes, they've gone 11 wow. so far, uh, Failsafe is also going to be available for you to pick up. Um, this features Panoshiana versus Yu Jing, um, where that agent on the left has been sent in to investigate a shipping company that is definitely not shipping just nice things. Mm clearly shipping weapons for Yu Jing. Uh, and so they will stumble into that rather awesome looking fellow on the right-hand side who's got a few things to say about someone who infiltrates their location. And then, of course, because it's a diaphose set, you get that really neat um, sort of special miniature as well. So you've got a pilot from one of the cargo ships. Um, they can be used as an, as an objective token in the games, yeah. basically for the diaphose mission pack if you want. Or you could use him in a whole range of other games as well if you wanted to. And if you're playing the Infinity RPG, Another perfect character for you to use as one of your hero models as well, perhaps. So something fun there as well. He's a cheeky Very looking cool. chappy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really like the Diaphose sets. I think they're fantastic stuff and they help sort of cement that kind of narrative side of Infinity, um, which I think is really fun. Um, in addition to all of that, we also got some Code 1 releases. Um, so if you're going down the route of expanding your Code 1 forces, there's two new sets of remotes for you to pick up. So there's ones for the uh, Hacky Slam and for the Aleph. They're um, really so nice. They are they are very cool. If you want to go down the route of going like totally ghost in the shell and having some awesome remotes to kick ass and take names and blow things up, then you have different options there for the, both the Hacky Slam and the Aleph. Uh, and as I say, they've just been bolted on to what's available for Code 1 which has mm-hmm. got sort of like a cut-down section of things for you to choose from, mm. so it makes it easier to build your forces and play the game and all that kind of thing. So I wonder if there's... I know they started doing remotes in CEOcast, so I wonder if yeah. those are... I did players. check these ones, and I think these ones are metal, but it's don't quote metal. me on that. Okay. Uh, I know some of the more complicated ones are being done in CEOcast and stuff. But yeah. could, could go either yeah. way. Yeah, 
make sure to go and have a look on the web store just mm. in case you are pernickety about your materials. Mm. Um, and finishing things off for Infinity as well, and also talking of Code One, uh, a whole bunch of their releases are now available uh, for both Ariadna and the Nomads. And these two sets, while a little bit more pricey, will basically get you everything that has been released for Code One. Um, mm. So if you're looking to dive in as either one of those forces on the tabletop, you can pick up these sets from their store uh, um, in November, and you'll basically get every single miniature that you'd need to start playing uh, So either of those two factions. Uh, some really nice stuff in there. You've got tanks, you've got remotes, you've got special characters, you've got dire foes stuff in there as well, which is really nice. Got a bear and with a hammer. Your, you've got a bear with a hammer. What, what could Jack. be better? Right. <laughs> yep. See, there he is. Exactly. That's what happens when you give a bear cigarettes. Yeah. I'm mm. just saying. <laughs> Never get them addicted to nicotine. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll get lamped. Exactly. With, uh, yeah. Massive, yeah, th- massive this, hammer. This is why you need the guy in the max suit because that's got to be his handler. <laughs> oh, I don't yes. think I could handle a nicotine crazed bear. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, those are two stonking packs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very nice stuff there. As I say, a little bit more on the pricey side, but if you're fully de- dedicated to just diving in and making code one your game of choice i mean yeah having everything there uh, gives you plenty of options yes that's always important in the game and at least means you go well i know i've got everything so you can tailor your force and not have to worry about going elsewhere yeah Yeah. well you know you can uh, can just be one and done with it though yeah and if you move on to um n4 which is the kind of classic game of infinity as well you all of your miniatures are totally compatible so it's a nice stepping stone which is always nice Mm, sweet like candy Mm-hmm. Now, uh, more new releases in a, uh, I suppose, sci-fi, steampunk-esque kind of way. Well, yeah, I guess so. Well, we're moving to the, well, the traditionally fantasy world of mm. uh, War Machine, but this is the kind of updated look for the Dusk House Calice, which is the kind of evolution of the retribution of Skyra and the people of uh, that faction within the world of Imaren. Um, so we've got a few new sort of previews for what's coming up for this. So this is the battle, the preview battle force that's going to be available to purchase from this weekend, basically, from the folks at Privateer Press, if you're diving into War Machine. Uh, it comes with Hazaroth, which is the character on the uh, on the left there, alongside the Eidolon, which is on the right, and then the Ghast Warjack, which is the Light Warjack in the centre. Um, so mm. if you've looked at War Machine in the past and gone, Retributions of Skyra, they were all nice and polished and lovely and covered in gems. Mm. Well, this is what happens when some of those elves go full-on undead World of Warcraft style. <laughs> so what, they, they, they've hit their emo punky teen fears? Yes, this is the edgelord elves of uh, the Privateer Press War Machine world. <laughs> um, so- I, I can see that, yeah. Yeah, so this is one of the packs that's going to be coming out so you can get a taster of the faction. Uh, it'll come with uh, all the different kits that you see there, including options for all the different warjacks. And they're also going to supply you with magnets so you can do the whole magnetization thing, which is one of their big selling points for mm-hmm. Machine going forward. Um, but on top of that, they also started to preview some of the other characters that are coming your way as well. So this is Tyrus, who is one of your warcasters that you can use in the game. Uh, he comes with a massive, huge I want to call it Death Sword um, because the things that he kills with that sort of feed into him and he can use that to cast his spells. So even though he might have already cast a bunch of spells that turn, when he kills people, he then gets to cast more spells at the same time. So he'll be blasting people left, right and center all over the place. Proper elven feel to it, but then with that kind of undead twist as well. Soul sucking elf. Whenever you started off that sentence, he comes with a massive, I immediately thought, ponytail. 
ponytail. Yes, I mean, it's absolutely huge. I I was looking at the classic style gigantic or ginormous shoulder pads. Oh, yes. You've got to have giant shoulder pads if you're in war machines. Buddy, don't shrug. Don't shrug. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about the 80s. Um, but yeah, so you've also got things like the Seeker Wardens. Uh, so these are, again, additional spellcasters that you can add as unit attachments to your forces for the Dusk House. Um, they also give each of the individuals within a particular unit plus one to their attack. So it's mm-hmm. a pretty awesome little sort of bonus for them to use. But again, just having more spellcasters on the field seems like a cool idea. And I, I'm loving the aesthetic of these kind of not evil elves because they're really not they act they're actually good guys but they they kind of do stuff in sort of like the anti-hero way oh, yeah, um, yeah. so they're, they're very elric of uh, melbourne yes they're very elric yes in that yeah. regard yeah um so, but uh, yeah so far got, detached from humanity that what they do might look like evil to us but they don't really yes. care this is for the greater good <laughs> i got a minute that is evil yeah. sorry <laughs> no uh, we also got a look at elves <laughs> We also got a look at two of their units that are going to be coming out. So these are the Dreadguard Slayers, which are armed with those big axes. And there's also the Dreadguard Archers um, that are going to be released as well. So these are your kind of units that will be sort of bolted on to the uh, Seeker Wardens, for example. Um, the Dreadguard Slayers and the uh, and the Archers continue. The they're, they're, they have fully hawkeyed themselves out, the Archers. They have trick arrows out the wazoo that can do, do a whole mm. bunch of different things in-game, which is really nice. Boxing Club Arrow? Maybe. <laughs> I bet you they have the grenade arrow from they, Red Dawn. Yeah, oh, look, at the, look at that stuff in his back. They're all grenades. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they also have abilities where when they kill stuff, they feed that back into their life force so they can regain wounds uh, and damage and stuff from what they've taken in battle. And they have a f- fairly healthy sort of hitbox tally as well as it mm. stands. Uh, so if you're interested in that, make sure you go and check those out. Um, I just wanted to mention as well, they've done a whole sort of like look at the Dusk faction now mm. Um, mm. over on their website. So if you're interested in learning a little bit more about them, make sure to go and read that. They've delved into the lore and sort of why they are at the stage they are now um, and sort of how they're going to be presented on the tabletop when we move into Mark IV being released sort of later this year, moving into the start of 2023. Um, I, I love say, the aesthetic of those. The sculpts, I think they're amazing. Yeah, I, I think the sculpts are absolutely beautiful. Uh, right bang on the, the the a nice amount of detail for painting but not too much detail to actually make them uh, uh, make them very uh, recognizable you know it, um, a- uh, and they have a they have a nice silhouette to them I, I really like those I, really, I am really I'm, like. I'm someone who loves their dwarves obviously as a lot of people know but and I like elves but these were the first of the factions that have come out for war machine mark four where I've gone I, I I I would collect those. Yeah, <laughs> like I've yeah. seen I've seen the Kado stuff, kind of cool. Signa, yeah, or Goth, yeah, cool. You're sort of evil guys, but then those I was like, oh my god, anti heroes all the way. I'm gonna go down mm-hmm. that route. That sounds. I, I'm, I'm sorry, that. I'm a Signar boy at heart. God, the storm raging within you, so pale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it kind of explains John being, you know, the one who's always after Kador, you know. I see dead little heart inside. Oh, there you go. Yes. <laughs> a shard of flint. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But moving on from sort of the fantasy world of War Machine Mark IV and sort of what they're bringing to the tabletop from Private Press, we also have some stuff coming up from Games Workshop because, of course, we do. The weekly releases keep on happening. Uh, and moving into this week, we start off with War Machine, uh, War, 
Publishing. Ah. I, I, that's a Freudian slip. We, we start with Warhammer, the Horus Heresy, and the edition of the Liber Imperium book, which is going to be coming out for pre-order this weekend. So if you would prefer not to play as Space Marines during the Space Marine Civil War, um, then you can perhaps instead pick up the Solar Auxilia, the Sisters of Silence, the Legio Custodes, the Custard Boys, and the Officio Assassinorum to use on the tabletop. Of yes. course, you could use these alongside your loyalists That's if you would like. Very happy. But yeah, if you want to go down the route of playing the Imperial Guard, but back when they looked cool, then this is the way to go. Uh, sorry, John, I know you like 40k. Uh, Astro Militarum, but never mind. Um, so yeah, you'll be able to pick up that book, which comes with rules for all of that. In addition to that, we've also got these miniatures that are coming out. So we'd seen previews of these previously, but this is the Venom, <laughs> Venom Assassin, which, as you might have guessed by the name and the COD Latin, delivers venom. Right. <laughs> to, yes. To your Ragnar of some sort. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't trying to sing the Eminem version of the Venom theme tune then when I was going yeah. with that. Okay. But there we go. And uh, we've also got the uh, Vanus Infosite Assassin. So if you want to play around with your enemy's technology and turn it against them, you can go down that route. Might be a lot of dark mechanic I'm showing up soon. Uh, so this would be a good way to mess around with them. And then finishing things up, we also have the Adamus Assassin, which. Um, is kind of classic style assassin for use on the tabletop, kind of an inspiration for what you might see from like the um, the Eversaw and stuff going forward the, into... The, the, it feels they a used to just have, They used to just have assassins before yes. they split them into yeah. the houses and they released a model like that. He was just standing, mm-hmm. pistol in one hand, sword on his back, that ninja yes. mask, yeah. way back, like <laughs> 88, 89 sort of thing. Yeah. I'm guessing um, you have two in the attic. I've got one, <laughs> but he does have an episode. Um, yeah, needler needle pistol, pistol. Yeah, which yeah. Uh, which the other yeah. one didn't have. He just had a bolt. I will say, I do I like, like that. that he takes the same amount of time as Batman to do his makeup and does a little black <laughs> makeup yeah. around the eyes, just so when he pulls on the mask, you can't see all the whites. And stuff, Otherwise, you'd look and see him. <laughs> <laughs> People just look at him. Go, Ooh, a bit exactly. creepy. Yeah. <laughs> the assassins are not alone though yeah yeah so talking of the solar auxilia uh which are kind of like the badass boys of the uh imperium back during the day we have a couple of different sets so one of these is the surgeon primus avios jovan and medicaid orderly set um sure. so jovan was a medicaid who was put in prison for the way that he dealt with his um patience for want of a better word Uh um he was then let out by one of the imperium because things were getting a little bit desperate with that old horus rocking around wow and so now he's back on the table uh, back on the tabletop and back in 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 uh, in the war uh sort of doing what he can to keep the soldiers of the solar auxilia alive whether they like it or not and so he'll be hacking things off and putting all sorts of different things in their place as you can see by that poor guy who's on that sort of mechanical stretcher i'm not sure whether or not he's pleased or a little bit worried, um, but he's got some things. Thing was, he wasn't injured in combat. Yeah. No, he just happened to be the right size yes. to yeah. donate a leg to a more exactly. high-ranking officer, yeah. <laughs> which you can't see. He's just off to one side, lying on a stretcher yeah. on the floor. <laughs> They've got a real like World War One or Napoleonic feel to them. I, I really I'm like it. it. Yeah. I am really yeah. digging the, the aesthetic. Yeah. They've a real Dr. Giggles feel to them. <laughs> step away from doing something bit. criminal in a basement yeah. but, yeah. Um, but uh, there's also a couple of additional sets with big guns uh, so you've got the solar auxilia ra- rapier uh, batteries I was about to say wrapping batteries thinking of M&M again rapier, there you go. rapier batteries bum, bum, yeah. bum, bum, bum. so you've got the big gun as you see and then a bit of artillery as well really nice crews I love the addition of that kind of padded armour and stuff to their uh, designs again 
looks really it's awesome. Very yeah. old school. The helmets are a bit less old school, but the yeah. the big paddy bits. It's the thing that the thing that I love about this is that it kind of does exactly what it says on the tin for Warhammer and Warhammer 40,000, where it's kind of sci fantasy rather mm. than it being just sci-fi, where you've got a mix of that kind of padded armor that kind of reminds you of medieval warfare alongside all the sci-fi guns. And then, of course, you can get some additional tank crews as well. Um, all of these things, I should say, are going to be available from Forge World, so be able to go and pick those up and uh, add them to your force. Forge so you World. Well, That's not a cheap way of building a mass <laughs> army of <laughs> naughty humans, is it? But what I what I would say is I would make sure to go out and buy some of the stuff that you can find online from a, a variety of different independent mm. stockists Maybe. to make your own uh, rate regiment, and then sort of add some of these in here and there to kind of take them to the next level if you want. I suppose. Yeah, I'm already on WarGamesAtlantic.com yep. here. Having a look. <laughs> uh, you, you after the Eisenkern? So yeah, I, I also like their harvesters. I still think that the aliens are the the most interesting thing about the Horus Heresy period. Um, There's so uh, much stuff left to be un, under under uh, yeah. to be discovered uh-huh. about the Horus Heresy and the aliens. So yeah, what were they what were they up to when humanity was fighting? Well, I knew the Eldar were keeping their heads down after. Yeah, after they had saying, their own By problems. the way, yeah, I know. I know the 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 Space Marines. You know, they pretty much wiped out a couple of alien races. You know, one of them well, had like bottle ships. Well, the thing that the thing that I always hear about from the Horus Heresy that I want to know more of and I want to see miniatures is the Rangdan stuff. So mm-hmm. that's the aliens that basically nearly destroyed the Imperium. I want to find out about what they are and how how they were so powerful because I think it would be amazing to learn a little bit more about them. Uh, what was, what was the the lizard people one that had like a chest gun? Oh, I think someone brought out like a version of it at Salute years ago and then got cease and desisted to death. No idea. I'm trying to remember. I just want to see space orangutans. (laughs) Oh, Jakaro! Bring bring back the Jakaro. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Jakaro armies for the win. The the most technologically advanced monkey you'll come across. Mm -hmm. And also probably a librarian. But there we go. Call the monkeys. Um, Uh, moving on from uh, the grim dark future uh, and uh, Warhammer the Horus Heresy, we also have some new stuff coming out for Warhammer Age of Sigmar. So the Slaves to Darkness are going to be getting their um, new um, army set available for pre-order this week. So if you're diving in to play as the Forces of Chaos, be you following Belakor or Archeon, choose your side, um, you'll be able to pick up the new models in one place. Uh, so this will allow you to pick up the, cha- the Chaos Chosen the demon prince who doesn't look as derpy as he is there because there are some better options for him. Don't worry. Uh, and then there's also got the Ogroid Thermodons, which is showing off that uh, Games Workshop can make Minotaurs. They just mm. chose not just to choose back not to. in 8th edition. <laughs> so, or 7th and 8th edition. But there we go. Uh, so that's a new army set that also comes with the um, the army book mm. and a bunch of War Scroll cards and all of that kind of good stuff. As you can see, there's the set in, in full. All of these things are going to be available separately later on down the line anyway, uh, bar some of the things like the, obviously, the limited edition codex and codex army book and the uh, sort of card pack there as well. But yeah. um, everything else model-wise is going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it needs a, it needs to be Votan, yes. <laughs> uh, but in addition to all of that, we've also got a bunch of other stuff coming out. So the uh, the Ogre Moor tribes are going to be getting their full release this weekend uh, for pre-order. So you're about to pick up the new battle team for the Ogre Moor tribes and go down that route with these big gluttonous fellows. There's also a Vanguard set um, for the Ogamore tribes alongside the War Scroll cards and the dice, as you can see here. So if you want to be, if you're the Ogamore tribes player who has everything, maybe come in and pick up some things like those dice and stuff. Um, 
these models haven't really changed since uh, um, sort of oh, six, so seven days edition. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, although you've now got the kind of more recently released Ogre Tyrant that you see at the front there with the kind of bloody maw, which I think is kind of cool. It was a nice update for them. Obviously, as we've said in the past, I think a lot of people prefer the slightly more muscular look of the Ogres from sort of Mantic's Kings of War. Um, but if you're looking for a starting point for Age of Sigmar, this is one to go down. And have more a look games at. Atlantic's new oh, The Landschneck. Yes, yeah. they do lovely stuff. Lovely stuff indeed. Um, there's also uh, a couple of new, well, a new model which is coming out, which is the Blood Pelt Hunter, which we saw previewed a way back during a Warhammer live stream. Mm. So if you want to pick up a hunter, a bounty hunter, that you can use that. And also they have repackaged the Ogre Man Eaters as well. So these, you'll remember, were uh, a well, one of them at least <laughs> was a special character. The other one was a tyrant and stuff that you could use in, in your games back for the Ogre mm. Kingdoms, but they've now been repackaged to be used as Ogre Man Eaters and sort of ex mercenaries in your horses on the tabletop. Mm. Um, as I say, a lot of this stuff is going to be available to pre-order this weekend. So if you're liking the look of things like that army set or maybe that Ogre More Tribe stuff, make sure to go and check it out on store.ontabletop.com because you can order it there, obviously. And you get a lovely discount for us being independent. Ba, 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 ba. Mm. Uh, and in addition to all of that, we've also got the Sylvaneth Vanguard as well. So this one is well overdue, but provides you with a slightly more elite force than the previous start collecting um, set for the Sylvaneth. Um, it swaps out the Dryads, which are a slightly, which are a much more older kit um, for those new um, fellows. I can't remember what they're called now. There's the Colonel Hunters, Hunters, Colonel Hunters, the Tree Man, and then the other guys, <laughs> which is not good of me, but you've got the other guys there. As the well. other guys. The other guys are very other good. Guys. Like uh, guys. And then you also got the, the Sons of Bayamat Warscroll cards that are coming out too. So a very sort of weird scattergun. It is a weird release. It's, it's, it's not a particularly themed release, this one, is no. it? So. Um, but if it's you like want to Oh, oh God, we should have released those. Yeah, it's, 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 it's like, like I just found this down the back of the studio sofa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pat, you better get that out right this week. Yeah. That's um, just so yeah. a housekeeping release. It is a housekeeping release. Uh, but if you're interested in both, um, well, in any of those Age of Sigma things, make sure to go and check them out and buy them from us at store.untempered.com. Bing, bing, bing. Uh, and obviously you've got some Horus Heresy stuff as well for you to dive into as well which is nice so there you go. sweet I've done, I've done it we're that's, up to date that's <laughs> a big big chunk of news I think I need yes. to go and put on my news fat pants um, <laughs> while I do that we'll take a swish and when we come back we'll round out the show it's pretty in the of the shizzle Yes, it is. Oh, and a round of applause. I wish I had a round of applause every time I talked. There in we go. In my head, I do. <laughs> in my head, I do. Jerry, Jerry mate, look, all, all you have to do is ask. There's not enough people around me. Um, when I ask in an empty room and I get a response, it creeps me out. <laughs> Jerry, it's simple. If you ask, Justin will give you the clap any day of the week. It's oh. not a problem. Good times. <laughs> I'm Good clean. Times. I swear I'm clean. Right. Our indie printy, printy indie, is mm. DM Stash um, with the very clever idea of print, paint, play. Um, so this is a mixture of the RPG side plus then the miniature STL, and you can buy any at all of it. So if you want the miniatures, you can just get the miniatures by themselves. If you want the printed material for the RPGs, so the campaigns and the like, 
um, which are all 5e based. You can just get those um, on their Todd. Or if you want to, you can get uh, a bundle of it together or even a monthly subscription, which I think gives you a reduction in the price. That's not me bouncing back and forward. That's their hyperness bouncing back and forward. Yeah. Um, so I'll just say that now right from the very get-go. However, uh, I think we're going to start with, we'll start with physical prints just to show that and what goes on with it in its life. I think um, I'm going to have to show these to John because he's been trying to do like a miniature agnostic warband of Dragonborn. Yes. Yeah, he's been picking them up here, there, and everywhere. If Dragonborn. Like Born. Dragonborn. Oh, Dragonborn. All right. Oh, okay. Right. There's Warborn. Man, get that <laughs> mind out the gutter, buddy. I thought there was a whole new subculture I was missing out on there, my man. <laughs> oh, there is. I, I've just come off the back of House of Dragons, so you know, I probably would have been into that. <laughs> I mean, rule 34, man. Rule 34. If, like me, you don't do the printing yourself, um, yes. onlygames.co, uh, which is apparently a subsidiary of my manufacturing, yeah, it's part they, of my manufacturing. They, they have the physical print models on there. So I will mm -hmm. just let people know that that is an option. If you spot something here and go, oh, but I don't have a 3D printer, then the best way is to make somebody else do it for you. There's a werebear. There is the a werebear on, and a on. werewolf. Yeah. Theater Moon. Theater Moon? Theater oh, Moon. Theater Moon. Theater Moon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that is also a thing, uh, but anyway, yes. So that is the the physical print side. But then actually looking into the the sort of core of DM stash themselves. So the RPG packs, um, they're monthly releases, and they've only been going since the start of twenty twenty. Not even the start of twenty. I think the first quarter of twenty twenty one. So they've got like nine packs from last year, and then they're up to um, they've just released November's uh, this year. So they're still relatively exciting and new but as you can see each one is sort of themed so you've got the thawing dead um call of the moon pack which is very wolf and base which i'll open because i know ben will want to see it um elemental packs whatever it happens to be it's all bundled together for the uh 5e adventure that they've they've sort of put together as well so if we have a look at september's you can see here the sort of state of affairs so every pack is the same um layout you get your miniatures uh you get a um full a4 scenario um adventure whatever you want to call it two big a2 uh maps generally um and then everything you need is ready there to go and through your uh i was going to say your opponents but your players if you're gm they're not opponents they're they're, they're your friends through your friends into there uh, and and not kill them up in any way, shape, or form. Um, but they've an oh, interesting. Look at them minis; they're beautiful, yeah. aren't they? Hell, the detail level. They, they've an interest. Not every mini has the same sculpting style, so it looks like yeah. they've got a, a bank of sculptors um, to uh, to put together the, the stuff for it. But the barbarians and the werewolves. I was really blown away by. I mean, I think those are actually were barbarians. Why not? Where? Why not both? Type of thing. The only way to tell is by their belt buckles. Hexagonal. <laughs> Hexagonal. You're correct. Look. Rare. Oh. So, yeah. Barbarians then. Yes. Uh, but I also like the fact that they include things like these um, busts as well. So mm -hmm. whether, you know, if you don't play with miniatures, but want them sort of kicking around in front of you, you oh can do God. that. You could uh, use them as initiative markers when you're in combat. You could yeah. set up a little board and have those to show have who's them in the right the tracker moving back and forth. That'd be amazing. Uh, that little owl. It is I reckon, basically a lesson. I reckon if I took oh, that owl, please. 
into burrows and badgers, mm. he would decimate everything. I reckon he'd, he'd eat everything. He'd eat it, the lot. Probably. It, it looks I'd like win. some kind of forest construct, though. It does. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, thorny it's, a, bit, it's a bit thorny, yeah. Mm. It's got a lot going on there. Mm. Um, and then, like I say, the, the book itself is in there as well. Um, nice. So it's interesting. They don't do the physical miniatures from here. If you're buying from here, you're only ever buying the the Digital STI files. files, yeah. Mm. Uh, but they've got some interesting stuff. Fallen Empire is quite nice, and obviously everybody loves one. everybody loves Darkwing Duck. Uh, so presumably, when it says the Darkwing Conspiracy, that's what they're talking yeah, about yeah. there. Uh, but they seem to have been creating a a world of their own. It doesn't look like it's tied to a specific realm mm-hmm. for D anD. d Instead, it seems to be one of their own because they're, they're starting to build. Um, uh, there's like a, a griffin uh, knight sort of faction, like paladins sort of kicking around doing stuff, and they seem to have been working on this sort of... Uh, well, here we've got Romans versus witch hunters, which is... Yeah, it's exactly what you want to see. Yeah. It's very good for Grantha as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of detail going on in that Roman shield. See all that vertigree yeah. or filigree? Yeah. Filigree, vertigree. So, so, so help me out here now, that because that will fit into... Um, Late early Roman Empire, yes, or, that, that that would be your your early imperial, early imperial, late Roman Empire, Constantinople's. The tobacco in a fantasy world, well, all history is correct. <laughs> <laughs> but I particularly like the. Uh, I, I like the, the big, bard. Oh. <laughs> why would you like a bard? Nobody likes bards. Look at that one. He's drunk. He's drunk and just about to either kick a door open or explode the village, which are bards. That's the two things yeah. they do. Yeah. Yeah. Although I have recently discovered the the absolute ridiculous power of a death cleric. Oh, yeah, death cleric is terrifying. Yeah. yeah, but basically I've figured out I can do like 100 square meters on the game board of just napalm. Pretty much, yeah. It's the way of the future. Uh, what was what was kind oh, of go to that middle one there with the pig? I like me a pig. <laughs> the pig one. We'll come to your yes. pig one in a minute. The Almarathi menace. Mm-hmm. I did like this. I noticed that on the Ooh, on one of the Zeppelin. on one of the newer ones, they put up um, kind of the level appropriate. Nuss effectively for the campaign, yeah, for the numberings, yeah. But I was wondering, I couldn't see it on some of the others, so maybe they've gone like, ah, maybe we need to add that to some of the uh, later ones. But um, I think it's really cool, yeah. You're right. Certainly, the earlier ones, I didn't notice anything yeah. for level appropriateness. They see, were, there's wow. a bit of an ingenious design. Uh, if you scroll down that sculptor, managed to actually create a model that was both a model, um, and a bust at the same time, yes, just was, yeah. <laughs> Although I do love the character standing on the ballista. Yeah, that is cool. Who's standing on a ballista? On the right-hand side. Oh, yes. It's entirely That's... possible she's about to be fired across yes. <laughs> your deck from yep. one skyship yep. to another skyship. Yep. I, I, would say, I actually like the whole, the, the whole balloon on a Viking ship thing. Mm. I hadn't considered that, and I have a couple of Viking ships here. Um, I, I could maybe stick a balloon on them. Yeah. There's some papier-mâché on the, on the go. Right, let's see the pig. <laughs> oh, no. Oh no! Oh yes, that—that's not it's no not normal pig. pig there, man. Oh, it's a it's that's a, a pig rhinoceros. That—that's <laughs> your tactical assault pig. That is weird. And what's he it's riding good. around on? It's like some sort of horde lizard. lizard. Yeah. It's yeah. good to know that your geography and your sort of um, 
<laughs> your biology is as good as your uh, your history. Yep. Brian, oh God, yes! Yeah. Like I know all about the clades. <laughs> it, it, I have studied Noah's Ark um, to death. You know, so I know all about the animals. There's not an animal on this planet that I don't know everything about. So, except really... for the pegrosaurus, he's new to me. But I will be going back to my Noah stories and find out what part of the ark he'd stashed a couple of them on. There is a possibility that he didn't actually have pig rosses on the ark. He maybe just put the rhinoceroses and the pigs in the same pen. Oh, yeah, well, well that, oh, yeah. that's an oops. Although I really want to see some of these printed out because the level of detail we're seeing in those 3D renders is absolutely fabulous. Well, here you can see, here's one of the actual um, adventures. So this is 174 pages. Wow. For... Nice. Or, and there's a, a sort of a brief thing you can pick look it up, amazing on my shelf pick it up I, from oh. <laughs> amazon as well as either physical or a kindle version oh, yeah. so you can get like a print on demand you can get stuff. a print on demand nice. version as well yeah that's nice. who has time for 174 pages of rpg come on I, man I that's the only <laughs> book every, you would ever need <laughs> whenever people time. meet once every four months you, know, like, <laughs> you haven't <laughs> seen my library of books Warren. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, honestly warren my group is still meeting pretty much every single friday on discord to do dnd but then that's that's one of their like their big sort of world books whereas these other so the, this this is a campaign, uh, a bit smaller. It's more you know a coherent story arc. Um, that's cool. Like and that. you can see there some of the stuff that's oh, going wow. on with they it. They really are detailed. Oh, they are lovely, yeah, aren't yeah, they? And, and this is this is this is why I like this because people may be aware I'm not a fan of miniatures in RPGs, but <laughs> this side, okay. all of the RPG stuff, great for me, fantastic. I can take as much or as little as I want from it and ignore the the miniature side other people they only play with miniatures uh, in which case they've got the complete bundle here if they want to play through a specific scenario they know that this month they can pick up sunless strassen and the miniatures for it or if people aren't rpgers and just are looking at some of the figures and going that'd be really good for uh saga for example or um stargrave or whatever it happens to be uh, you know Rangers of Shadow Deep, then the miniatures are there as well. I like I like this where it's it's not tying you to one thing. You don't have to get everything if you don't want everything. You just you get the pick, bits that you, can you pick like. Up the piecemeal bits that mm. you want. Yeah. And when you're seeing things like, you know, the full-size printable map of the town and the Kingdom of Grey Peak. So most of this obviously will be digital, but there is some print-on-demand pieces there that you can guess, or you just mm. need to find a, a local printer to do it. But I like this where you're seeing exactly what you're going to be looking at with you know, the the month's adventure. Um, and the fact that you can just sort of jump in and go, well, you know, here's the current list of, you know, RPG packs of 20 so far. And um, yeah. obviously another one. Let me do a deep see. dive. I want to do a very quick yeah. deep dive. Sure. Okay. A little straw poll. So of you three guys playing your RPGs, who plays with miniatures and who doesn't? Jerry, I know you don't. I don't. Justin? Now, we don't, but we are playing online. So what we actually use is Foundry, which does have maps and tokens to show our characters. So in real life, if we had the maps, we probably would. Right, Ben? Uh, I We have miniatures for our characters, but we don't actually use them on the... You know, we, we just use a whiteboard and we scroll on it when right. we're playing. So most here's of it's mind's, my question eye, mind's eye most of the time. So, yeah. well, what is the current thinking... Um, uh, of miniatures in RPGs. Is it a case of 
Um, you see, there's a couple of ways of looking at it. One is your miniatures could just be like um, little pointers on a map. So see, you lay out this lovely um, town or something like that. And your miniatures are just showing where you are, yeah. right? And then everything else is theater of the mind. Or the other option is that everything is theater of the mind until it actually comes to combat. And then combat, I suppose I'll be more fourth edition uh, D&D, then combat is actually resolved um, almost like kingdom death style, you know, yeah, yeah. Where, where you zoom in then. So like, I suppose there's no right and wrong answers no, here, but what no, is I, the current trend of, of well, miniatures in, in RPGs? It, it tends to be more or less what you just said there, specifically for the sort of the 5e crowd. It's really combat more than anything else. So you're, you're never, I'm walking around the town and, and I'm here type of thing. That's all just, you know, mind's eye and, in and, your mind, yeah. and then mm -hmm. it's once a combat is actually initiative initiated then it's okay you're Bring in this room map. where are you in this room? you're there okay <laughs> yeah, right grand so you're showing your tactical situation there you know to actually but show I mean, you see, the barbarian in the middle of a to me the opposite would appeal more i would far rather have this gorgeous looking layout and your characters are just pinpointing about where you are so you always have a sense of uh, uh, a sense of location, a sense of idea of where you're at in something, and then combat and stuff like that, all done in theater of the mind, where you can do your chandeliers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I know some people. Some people are more au fait with that, and and if you certainly if you put a new player down and go, what are you doing? It's easier for them to go. Well, I'm here. I'm three away. I can move in and get a quick attack and my quick attack does this and it becomes a, a, a more like a skirmish game but mm. it's easier for them to pick up on it sometimes taking a new player and going you're in a combat what are you going to do and they're just having to try and imagine it they become either very stilted or or tend to sort of hesitate or i'll just wait and see what other people do kind of thing so it's different strokes for different folks but it's, yeah. it's how they how how players engage with it i know i have some friends who start off playing with miniatures and they're very mechanic driven. They don't think about what else is in the room. What, what can I do? Can I pick up a, uh, you've said there's a table knocked over. Well, there must've been stuff on that table. So I'm going to scoop up a, a sugar shaker mm -hmm. and wing it at the barman's head. Nobody told me it was there, but I'm going to assume because we're in a, a cafe and the tables, there must've been one on there. Whereas other people look at it and go, well, I'm, Behind the table, I'm in three quarter cover. Therefore, it's it's a minus three for him to hit me. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's just how they parse it. I'm not one of those maths people. <laughs> well, I mean, no. okay, something we do for our Curse of Strad campaign. Now it has a few different types of maps. Jerry, I've sent you a link showing some of them off. One okay. of the things I find really useful is your world and like region maps. That's what places me in the world more than anything more. Not the minutia of where am I really in the town, but it does have that as well. Yeah, I was about to open something else, so this is going to throw me a complete curveball. <laughs> Sorry, Jerry. One of the one of the things I think has come up is a lot of people use, for for example, critical role is is a primary example of what people are kind of introduced to D and D with now now nowadays more or less, mm -hmm. uh, and they see a lot of the time that they've got this big setup with really nice dwarven forge terrain and really beautiful miniatures and a huge stash of things that Matt Mercer has put together to use on the tabletop, mm -hmm. but they don't use any of it. 
Well, the thing that I, the thing that well they use it in the combat and stuff. But the thing that I always remind people of is that when they started out doing that for Geek and Sundry, they just did exactly what everyone else did, where they had maps that were drawn out on square yeah. checker paper, and they had none of the fancy stuff. And so, just remember that you don't need any of the really nice big expensive stuff you do can we, play with a whiteboard and some tokens uh, do we maybe take it that doing all the miniatures and all the train it's maybe just another aspect to the role-playing hobby well yeah, yeah that's th- true, this yeah. is some well, of the maps yeah, but i'm just about. trying to work out what the general what the general trend is at the moment for yeah. uh, think, for miniatures in as, as as jerry said i think the, the general trend is you'll you'll if you're going to use miniatures you're going to use them specifically for the combat scenarios yeah and in addition to some train or maybe just a well, battle map and then well, a lot this, of the time that's it so this that we're seeing on screen screen now is kind of what i like because you've got the big map of barovia right and yeah know where your party is and kind of where they're heading to and if you're doing like say you're someone who role plays the actual travel time between and recently oh, we God. saw a kickstarter where there were like random encounters and stuff you could have while traveling having maps like that i find are really good having stuff in a town map situation your dm can go okay so your traders here you've got some houses say up on this little cul-de-sac to go and search which one are you each searching and then you can actually sort of split your party off lightly to go searching on your own without having to you know constantly remember okay what was them and them doing which That's one were great. they searching i love a map oh. Mm. So things like that, yeah. I think, are pretty useful. So that that kind of placement does work for me. Warren. Yeah, I'm a map boy, which, which mm. is what which is what they do in here. So yep. you know, yeah. there's um, a full A2 printable map of yeah. Grey Peak, mm. which is the yeah. Kingdom of Men, uh, an A2 printable map of the town, and in the cool. campaign for dragons. I love dragons. Really, you've <laughs> kept that under your bushel, haven't you? I mean, I mean, look at that. Oh. Oh, there's, there's a new. There's there's a one new with the, oh, there's not. There's a new book coming out from Draco Studios, mm-hmm. who we have done stuff in the past, which is all about dragons. It's about the, the dragon bond world. Oh my god, looks amazing. But anyway, yeah. these look. These, these also look great. <laughs> yeah, just uh, just an interesting, interesting company putting together a sort of a, a one-stop shop, depending. That on, is really cool. Yeah. On on what really you fancy doing. So yeah. Interesting. What is your preference for miniatures, people, in the comments? Let us know. Did did you start playing with fourth edition, which was just a tabletop skirmish game? <laughs> I did. Unfortunately, I have to admit, I did. I'm a th- I'm a third edition boy. So, Warren, first role playing game. <laughs> Homemade. <laughs> okay. Homemade D and D. So fair enough. Yeah. Right. There's always got to be one, hasn't there? <laughs> yeah, it's the best way. Mm, best way. But there you go. So uh, DM Stash, you can visit them on Patreon as well. So like I say, if you want to sub to the monthly, you can get the stuff uh, a bit cheaper and a bit earlier as well. Otherwise, you can just pick and choose to your heart's content. Did you win one of our prizes? Find out on our prize claim center over at ontabletop.com. Here we list all our previous prizes and those who have won. If you see your username, fill out the form to claim your prize. All prizes must be claimed within 30 days. Rounding off the show then, a couple of Kickstarters. Um, now, first one is a bit of a departure. Um, it is. is Free League of uh, many, many RPG game fame. Mm-hmm. I've decided to make a tabletop skirmish game. Yes, uh, we were talking about this recently. What? Nice. <laughs> they obviously have been doing... Um, Mutant Year Zero for years. A lot of them got into it. It's a big fan in, in uh, Scandinavia. Uh, and they decided that they would jump into the world of 
skirmishy game via the medium of Mutant Year Zero and one Messer Andy Chambers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who he is. <laughs> you may remember him from making such war games as Starship Troopers for Mongus. That's, that's right. The, that's the only game I'm going to talk about. Why are you laughing, Ben? Why are you laughing? Uh, but the idea behind this is it's a, a, a coffee table <laughs> style game. So like Walking Dead, you're playing on like a two foot by two foot game. So it's very low mm-hmm. impact. So cool. But yeah. it's all about the the sort of the characters. You're not going to be playing with massive gangs of, of mooks to be chucked out there and butchered wholesale. It's about the weird and wonderful characters in this mutated post-apocalyptic future. Ooh, I Dux highlighted is, everything. Well done, me. Ducks is my favourite. Ducks is good, uh, but there is also an angry badger and rabbit, or even robots as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's a, a relatively small, self-contained little um, uh, skirmish game that uses some of the mechanics from the Year Zero engine as well. So if you already play the RPG, the actual tabletop game has that sort of dice pull mechanic uh, except it also works at the extreme so normally it's sixes only for your dice pull uh, this has multiple dice sets you've got like your skill dice but then you also have artifact dice that could be the weapon you're using or things like that so you'll have a couple of different dice pulls you build and then sixes are great ones are not so much you can um, still push your rolls and all that kind yeah. of stuff like yeah. using the year zero system which is nice yeah. and yeah. if you want there is the turn-based rts and i do mean that properly it is turn-based and rts on the video game yeah, yeah but you can get some inspiration. That's digital. Nobody likes yeah. that. Much rather push miniatures around the tabletop. In a digital <laughs> game, can a man with a chainsaw take it to a duck? I don't know, but I want to find out. Cool. Uh, but yeah, it's um it's interesting because they're aiming at a, a sort of a, a two player skirmish, but the initial set you can pick up is either uh two player or up to four. Yeah, uh, you can get the expansion that add on to it. Yeah. yeah. Uh and and it's it's all about playing with these sort of um, weird characters. As Andy did a little live stream with some of the guys from Free League the other night, and, and he says if uh, there's less randomness, then there's less flavour. Uh, and what he likes is, is weird and zany things to happen on the tabletop and give you the feel of the factions or the place you're playing in. Um, doesn't like sterile, because when you get the things like chess or checkers, they're probably the most balanced, but also some of the least interesting if you're not working on a uh, you know iq of 180 plus yeah so, uh, you know, so he's not a fan of chess um, <laughs> no n- not as much as some of the other people are um but the the four starting factions you can see some of them here like the arc mutants they started with three figures in each one uh, and as they've been busting down stretch goals they've been uh, unlocking these as well so things like the gen lab tribe uh, we've already got moose out there and the, oh, the cool. ang- angry rabbits on its way yeah. <laughs> look baromir <laughs> <laughs> always good always good in the hood but yeah I, I'm interested to see how this goes I may or may not have backed this I'm not logged in am I no I'm not <laughs> <laughs> that's right no, <clears throat> say nothing sorry. for once you have not exposed yourself on the internet yeah well uh, no, uh, makes change for me one of the one of the really nice things I really I, I liked about this was that it was Free League coming to this from the point of view of trying to make it accessible to someone who has maybe only done role playing yes because all of the models are one piece. They're already sort of assembled and done, and they're sun dropped. Is the technique this, yeah. that people call call it? So they've been painted washed. effectively and washed. Is yeah. that similar to slap? Yes, no. practically the same. No, it's done on an industrial scale. It's what was sun drop? What's the difference between sun drop and slap? Then Ben, 
both actually there's pretty much no, no difference but the sun drop one is that they're the kind of the bare plastic then they're kind of dry brushed and that kind of Pr- thing and then they're and washed over the top yeah basically it's, it's so, basically yeah. a pre-zenith miniature yes and that's so what slap is but then no but then slap chop then adds on the additional stuff of contrast paints on top of it whereas these they're encouraging you that you don't have to paint them if you don't want to kind of thing so right um, so yeah, which bit is this is this the slap or the chop or the all of it at once. Okay, it. got it. So much more. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they because and so because, beeps. because in the set they've also added all of the tokens, all of the well, the play space, and they're also throwing in cardboard terrain as well. Yeah, yeah. They've done it so that you don't need to go out and buy other stuff to start playing this. You can just crack everything out of the box. Mm. But that's no good. We we want to go out and buy stuff and support our indies. Well, yes, we need to true. have these guys but, fighting around Irish beehive huts from Fugu. <laughs> but that's the next step after you've been drawn really nice in push the by the stuff uh, by the way yeah. well that's true yeah. or the post-apocalyptic yeah. stuff yes Here, here's the thing warren once you own the game you can do anything you want to it yeah i suppose that's true 18 days left funded um if you fancy a little bit of that get stuck in you what's next right now because there's alpha rules for you there are alpha rules there yeah. So, yeah so you can download the rules the cards yeah. the bits all you need to do is proxy and some figures yeah. which everyone has yeah. uh, moving on from that we've also got some stuff from Crooked Dice who are still in the Halloween spirit mm. uh, they released their um, Kickstarter for 7TV Dracula which is their new program guide to go alongside their classic 7TV um, system that everyone will know and love by now um, the new program guide comes with a whole bunch of new scenarios for you to play out essentially everything that happens in the uh, the the novel Dracula by Bram Stoker, so you'll be able to play out all of your stuff happening in Whitby Bay, as well as all of the extra shenanigans that happen in the castle, where you can face down your very own horny vampire, <laughs> played by Gary Oldman, probably. <laughs> I don't know if, if I was playing this, it would be a bit more dead and loving it than Stoker. Uh, oh no! Well, for me, that. it would be. Do you remember? Uh, did you guys see the three-part BBC oh, Dracula? Yeah, I, I actually started rewatching it uh, yesterday. Oh, love that! Love that! So yeah, I'd go with that one. I'd have Dracula. I'd do the third act where uh-huh. Dracula washes up in the in modern day and goes, "What the?" F-? In Dracula tongue, of course. So it's like, yeah, I oh. This would be uh, awesome. But yeah, so you're able to pick up the program guide just as it is if you have a bunch of models already, uh, or you can go that little bit step, a little bit of a step forward, and you can pick up a big pack of additional stuff. So you obviously get the core rules for playing Seven TV on the tabletop. You'll get your cards. You'll get everything from like stat cards for your different characters and all that kind of stuff. You'll also get. Um, a whole bunch of miniatures alongside that too. It should be noted that uh, there is actually a little introduction for one of the Stoker family in the rule book talking mm-hmm. about Bram Stoker and Dracula, Aww. which I think is a really nice little touch. Did I also notice that they, they, they have limited edition VHS cases? Yes, they do, yeah. Are so you telling nice me package. that Ronnie Renton from Mantic hadn't bought all them up? <laughs> there was still some left on a lot. Good grief! I thought, I thought Renton had them bought... Yeah. Years ago, <laughs> Warren, I'm sure that there was a couple of pallets left in a warehouse in China. It's fine. Uh, but the miniatures include, as you as you've been seeing as you're going through here, you've got Dracula, you've got Van Helsing, you've got Harker, 
uh, and all that kind of good stuff. You've also got some sort of upgraded and uh, tweaked stuff. So you've got all the stuff for the Borger Pass. Uh, so you can play around with some troopers and soldiers and wolves and all that kind of things if you want to go a little bit wintry, which I think is really nice. Um, I, this is a really fun little set for you to dive into and basically just play out the adventures of, you know, these vampire hunters and Van Helsing but going up against Dracula and stuff on the tabletop, which I think is really nice. And uh, obviously, 7TV is a great little system that's been worked on and upgraded and updated over the last couple of years and may turned into something pretty awesome. Um, so, yeah. Answers our question about where you can find classic gothic Victorian exactly. vampire that big thing horror that fingers from last week. Last week yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Why is nobody doing this? Yeah. Well, Five 11 days yeah. left on that one, guys. So if you fancy a little bit of... Dracula. Suck some blood. Suck some blood. Get stuck in. Um, funded, ready to go. I think that's us, boys. It does seem like it. Uh, we shall return on Sunday for our cultists. You'll be able to ask Warren all the questions then. Oh, no, no, they won't. Join us. Not this Sunday. Oh, I've done this, so somebody else has took my seat. Uh, again. Warren, don't forget, you will see the comments on the Sunday. You will. Oh answer, yeah, 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 yeah. I bet. Like, I get up early on a Sunday. On this Sunday, do my wee typing <laughs> in my phone. It won't be on the screen, but you'll be there lurking line. in the background, so. watching. You watching. having an affair, and I'm going. No, just, just <laughs> with my cultists. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so you can join us on tabletop.com for that, and like. Justin said earlier, if you're not already a cultist, you can get a 30-day trial for free. That's pay. <laughs> we, Warren, Elon Musk wants us all the pay. in the show. <laughs> we will see you again next Friday. Don't forget to comment below if you want to win that Bolt Action Pacific Island set. And don't forget to check the website to see if you're a winner of any of the previous competitions. But until then, have a great week of gaming. Bye-bye. Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on.